Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome to a Friday episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. It is Friday, October 23rd, 2020, and I, for one, am extremely excited to end the work week, put the kids to bed tonight, and watch Borat, subsequent movie film. Uh, I loved the first movie, have quoted it often, and I'm very excited that there's a sequel, and cannot wait to dive into that tonight. Before we get into today's podcast, let me remind you that It is available wherever podcasts can be found. So whether you're an Apple user or are on Android, come to the podcast via Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts is what I use. You can easily subscribe so that each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed and you can download, listen, and enjoy at your leisure. If you could also rate and review, that would be so very much appreciated, especially you Apple users out there. If you're on social media, the podcast can be followed at LockedOn, nope, at LO underscore Boston Bruins. On Instagram, you can find us at LockedOnBostonBruins. If you're into some uh, pretty weak hockey analysis, very strong dad jokes, you can find me at Ian C. McLaren on Twitter, and also the same handle on Instagram. I think that's everything by way of introduction, and for today, there is really nothing to report in terms of the Boston Bruins. Nothing happening. Zach Sanishin was signed. There's not really any news on Jake DeBrusque. The big news in the NHL was the postponement of the 2021 Winter Classic and the NHL All-Star Weekend. Winter Classic was slated for January 1st at Target Field in Minnesota, featuring the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. The Florida Panthers were going to host the 2021 All-Star Weekend at BB&T Center from January 29th to the 31st. In the announcement, the NHL Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer Steve Mayer said, because of the uncertainty as to when we will be able to welcome our fans back to our games, we felt that the prudent decision at this time was to postpone these celebrations until 2022, when our fans should be able to enjoy and celebrate these tentpole events in person, as they were always intended. We're also considering several new and creative events that will allow our fans to engage with our games and teams during this upcoming season. The announcement does not, however, impact the NHL's target of January 1st as the starting point for next season. It should be the 2020-21 NHL regular season. It will only be 2021 at this point, but they're still targeting January 1st to kickstart the next season. Now, NHL general managers meetings are set to kick off today here at noon. And Pierre Lebrun reports that there is constant dialogue between the NHL and the Players Association regarding plans for next season. The owners are very eager to get to the ice, but general managers and players also have a greater voice on those plans because there is so much at stake for them. 
COVID-19 is, of course, a fluid situation, so whatever the season looks like at the beginning may not be representative of how it will end, uh, so keep that in mind as well. Frank Saravelli reported one of the biggest conversations is a cost-benefit analysis for the NHL. It would be problematic for the league if revenue for next season is lower than the total salaries owed to the players. The players will also be getting paid on October 31st for the first time since April, receiving 8.1% of the salaries to tide them over for whenever the season begins. A lot of owners are very concerned about the lack of revenue. They should be generating that by now under normal circumstances. And um, the league might have to begin with no fans or very few fans in the stands. And under that model, it would take a lot to recoup lost revenue or even to get back to normal revenue. Um, however, there is hope for games to be played in Canada or cross-border travel as the Canadian government is looking at a pilot COVID-19 testing program that would replace the current 14-day quarantine period for people entering the country with rapid testing at airports and border entry. So if that proves successful, it could open up travel for NHL teams between the two countries, and that would really help with the logistics of starting a new NHL season. In terms of Bruins news and updates, there's really, like I said, nothing to report. Jake DeBrusque, still unsigned. Still some uncertainty over Zdeno Chara's future with the team. One player that Bruins fans seem to be angling for is Mike Hoffman. And his agent told the Athletics' Adam Vingan that there's no issues on a one-year deal for his client, similar to what Taylor Hall signed with Buffalo. He said, obviously, if you're going to take a one-year deal... You want to put yourself in a good situation because you're going to be back in the market again next year. Hooper, the agent, said, I think teams are a little paralyzed at this point in time by the flat cap. Some of the teams that would love to add Mike Hoffman to the roster have had difficulty moving pieces around in order to make room for a guy like Mike. The feedback on him has been very positive. It's just a matter of making it fit. Hoffman would be a potentially very nice fit alongside David Krejci on the second line, but that would mean Jake DeBrusque would either have to be moved out or bumped to the third line. That could be ideal, actually. A line of DeBrusque, Coyle, and Craig Smith could be you know, one of the best third lines around the NHL. But whether the Bruins can fit both Hoffman and DeBrusque under the cap is a huge question mark. It would mean moving out some salary like John Moore, Nick Ritchie, easier said than done. And uh, do you want to sign a guy like Mike Hoffman on a one-year deal at 30 years of age and sacrifice a young winger like Jake DeBrusque who has yet to reach his ceiling at the NHL level? That is a, a very big question that the Bruins have to answer. If they can get both Hoffman and DeBrusque signed at perhaps less than market value that would be ideal uh, but that is a big task facing uh, Don Sweeney at this point before we move on I want to talk for a moment about Built Bar Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and it's even better now with six new flavors like caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake to name a few 
They're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're gluten-free, which is very important to me as a celiac, and come in nut and non-nut flavors. But lest you think it's an indulgence that you can't afford, they are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. You will not regret it. They are amazing. Because there's not much in the way of Bruins news, I thought I would do a little Friday story time for your enjoyment. And I'm going to turn back to Brian McFarland's original six on the Bruins. And a story that I was not familiar with, a player that I was not really familiar with, and uh, how his record... Well, let's get into it, shall we? This is called Cowley's Record, Snapped by Gretzky. And again, this is from Brian McFarland, who writes the following. Bill Cowley joined the Bruins in 1935-36 after his rookie season with the St. Louis Eagles and averaged over a point per game with them for the next dozen years. He was truly a remarkable player and a brilliant playmaker. In 549 regular season games, he amassed 548 points, 353 of them assists. In the playoffs, 34 of his 46 points in 64 games were assists. It was often said that Cowley made more wings than Boeing. Mel Hill, Eddie Wiseman, Roy Conacher, Charlie Sands, Ray Getliff, Herb Kane, Art Jackson, Buzz Bowl, Busher Jackson, Terry Reardon, and Kenny Smith were among the grateful wingers who benefited from Cowley's magic wand. He could feather passes to their waiting sticks much the same way that Gretzky had done for his many mates over the past two decades. This was written in the 90s, keep in mind. In the 1939 playoffs, Mel Hill, a mediocre winger, would not have received his famous nickname, Sudden Death Hill, if it hadn't been for Cowley. The Ottawa native set up all three of Hill's game-winning overtime goals in the semifinals against the New York Rangers. Cowley did most of the work while Hill earned all the glory and a popular new moniker. Cowley led all playoff scorers that year with three goals and 11 assists in 12 games. During the regular season, he scored a mere eight goals, but his league-leading 34 helpers placed him third in the scoring race behind Toe Blake of Montreal and Sweeney Schreiner of the New York Americans. Teammate Flash Hollette once said of Cowley, he would stick handle down the ice and zero in on an opposing defenseman. He wasn't fast on his feet, but that puck was glued to his stick. Somehow, he seemed to freeze the defenseman in one spot while he cut across into the center. His two wingers, often it was Hill on one side and Roy Conacher on the other, would dart in behind the defenseman who were worried about Cowley. What was he going to do? Well, he knew what he was going to do. He'd feather a pass in between them, right under the stick of one of his wingers, and they'd be home free. Nobody passed any better than Cowley. He was a pleasure to watch when he made those beautiful passes. Cowley was proudest of a record he set during the 1943-44 season. He was having one of the most productive seasons and jumped ahead of everybody in the scoring race, collecting 53 points by January 7, 1944. Then it happened. During a game between Toronto and Boston, the Leafs 
Jackie McLean sent Cowley crashing into the boards, separating his shoulder. The injury kept him out of the lineup for a month. He was back on the ice by mid-February, but it was sidelined again with another injury, this time to his knee. That season, he ended up with 71 points in just 36 games. This gave him an average of 1.97 points per game, and that record stood for more than 38 years. It took Wayne Gretzky, the NHL's all-time points leader, to break the mark in 1981-82 when he scored an all-time high 212 points, averaging 2.6 points per game. Only two players have consistently averaged more than two points per game in a season, Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. For Cowley to remain third on the list after more than half a century, setting that mark that great sharpshooters like Phil Esposito, Bobby Hull, Gordy Howe, Steve Eiserman, and Bobby Orr have been unable to surpass is truly remarkable. I, this being Brian McFarlane, played against Cowley one night in Ottawa in the early 1950s. He was at least 40 by then. Our junior A team was involved in an exhibition game with a team of NHL old-timers, and Cowley was the best man on the ice. I recall how impressed we were when he slipped the puck through a tiny crack between our goaltender's pad and the goalpost. It was the smallest opening imaginable, but Cowley spotted it and slipped the puck through it. I remember he grinned at us and turned away, as if to say, that's how I used to do it with the Bruins. I don't know about you, but I was not familiar with Bill Cowley before reading that story. I thought I'd just pass it on as we celebrate our current Bruins and you know, there's a bunch that will go down in history as some of the greatest Bruins of all time. Cowley kind of reminds me of a David Krejci just reading about him. And, uh, you know, we're very lucky to have him in the mix. And as Krejci enters the final season of his contract, there's some uncertainty. But I think that he is an underappreciated Bruin and that we as Bruins fans should, uh, you know, show him some more love just in general. So, yeah, Bill Cowley. Look him up, read all about him. Hope you enjoy that story as much as I did. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the hockey world. And I talked yesterday about the World Junior Championship that is set for the holiday season in Edmonton, a bubble-type situation. And last night on TSN's Insider Trading, they actually talked about this and whether there is some uncertainty in regards to the tournament because of rising levels of COVID in Canada, specifically in Alberta and the Edmonton area. Darren Dreger said it's a very sensitive situation based on COVID numbers in Alberta. In fact, across Canada, across North America and Europe, there is reason for some concern. And I know that Hockey Canada, the IIHF, have been in constant communication with various levels of government and health authorities. The plan at the moment is to forge forward. All systems go. Best case scenario would be for all the participating countries to arrive in Edmonton via a charter on December 13th. But amid the numbers, 406 COVID-19 cases in Alberta, a record day on Wednesday, Hockey Canada is playing, paying close attention. Frank Zaravelli added, there has been some good news. I mentioned earlier the rapid testing that the Canadian government is introducing for airports and border entries that would reduce it from 14 days in quarantine to two days. So if that comes into play, that might allow for some flexibility. I also mentioned the general managers will be meeting today. Some of the things on the schedule, according to Darren Dreger, are developmental leagues, uh, 
what's happening with uh, AHL guys, what's happening with restrictions in major junior hockey. The NHL high-level executives aren't going to be able to provide the answers to the general managers on Friday. However, there's still a lot of uncertainty about junior hockey. Uh, The QMJHL is forging ahead. There's been a lot of positive cases there, and the AHL is up in the air as well. Hopefully, the NHL general managers will have some time to talk about Trade possibilities, that's kind of died down a little bit, but I would still love to see a trade or two over the weekend. That could be really fun to break down on Twitter. TSN's trade bait board was last updated on October 9th. Oliver ekman Larson still at the top of the list, although he has said that he will remain in Arizona for the time being unless something changes, which is always possible. Patrick Laine is a big name out there. Tyler Johnson remains, you know, waived and without a new home. Uh, Matt Dumba, Jake DeBrusque still at number seven. And Tuka Rask is still on the list as well. So I don't know really what Don Sweeney is thinking at the moment, if he's looking at trade opportunities, if he's looking to re-sign Jake DeBrusque. But um, still a lot of uncertainty in the NHL in terms of roster composition, players who could be moved players unable to fit under the cap and I would hope that there is some player movement to come not as you know thinking uh, inhumanely because we know that with trades comes you know uprooting your families and moving and all that it's not um, a robot situation we're dealing with these are human beings but still it's it is always fun to talk about trades let's be honest Um, I think that's it for today's episode. We'll keep it a little short and sweet for this Friday. I really hope you all have a great weekend. And let me reiterate the fact that there is a lot of talk about Bruins alternate jerseys, Pooh Bear versus Meth Bear. I am fully on the early 90s look. I like the yellow bear look better than the Pooh Bear. And if the Bruins are going to have a retro jersey for the season, I hope it is 90s themed because that is my favorite look for the Bruins. Um, just the plain black sweaters, not no colors on the shoulders, maybe some stripes on the sleeves. Uh, but the yellow bear logo would be pretty rad. I would like to get that toque, actually. I'm going to look for that right now. I hope you all have a great weekend. For me, heading to the rink three times for some safe, socially distanced hockey with the boys watching Borat 2 tonight gonna do some reading some yard work maybe a nap in there as well nothing huge on the docket because you know we can't really do much these days I hope you're all staying safe taking care of yourselves both physically and mentally and please know that my dms are open on twitter if you need to chat or if you need an ear Uh, always happy to be there for people as much as I can as we all sort through this crazy year that is 2020. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday with a fresh round of daily Boston Bruins content. Take care, friends.